Hello, my friends. Welcome back to this episode of the Swallow Your Pride podcast. Today, we have Kristen Dolan. She's a medical SLP from Melbourne, Florida, providing both clinical bedside patient services and administrative management as an LTAC rehab program director. She specializes in advanced intervention for adult long-term tracheostomized and ventilator-dependent patients, including dysphagia management and inline speaking valve use for early assessment and intervention of communication and swallowing rehab. And I hope you really enjoy this episode because we bring on one of uh, Kristen's patients that actually asked to tell her story and just wanted to provide some lessons that she had learned and wanted to pass on to the SLP community. So I hope you all enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Swallow Your Pride podcast. I'm your host, Teresa Richard. I'm a board-certified specialist in swallowing and swallowing disorders and founder of the MetaSLP Collective and MetaSLP Education. This podcast is dedicated to delivering the latest evidence-based practice to medical SLPs everywhere, while also recognizing that medical SLPs everywhere are doing the best with what they've got. Whether you are a new clinician seeking tangible tools for therapy or a seasoned vet stuck in a rut, my goal is simple, to help you advance your practice without feeling overwhelmed or underappreciated. This means that together we'll build confidence, broaden your knowledge, and reignite your passion for our field. So if you're listening, I encourage you to swallow your pride and be open to new ideas because at the end of the day, you and your patients deserve that kind of support. With that, let's dive in. Just a quick disclaimer that all statements and opinions expressed in this episode do not reflect on the organizations associated with the speakers and are their own opinions solely. Good afternoon, Kristen and Lynn. Hi. Thank you so much for joining me. Excited to be here. Yeah. All right. This is going to be a wonderful, wonderful episode, and I'm so happy, excited, grateful to you guys for coming on. Um, But we have Kristen Dolan. I'll let her introduce herself in a minute. And she brought along one of her wonderful patients that she had. So this is going to be a great conversation, just sort of about different experiences that people have had, lessons learned, and I'm excited to dive in. So Kristen, tell the people who you are. I am Kristen Dolan. I have been a medical SLP um, for close to 19 years. That sounds scary to say that out loud. I work in long-term acute care where primarily um, the patients that come are ventilator dependent with tracheostomies, um, complex medical needs, wound care, and all kinds of different neurological disorders. Um, so you'll get to meet my friend Lynn um, in a second, um, but she was admitted to our facility um, after a Guillain-Barre um, syndrome attack, I'll call it, and we had the pleasure of working together as a patient and have remained in touch since her discharge from my services and care, um, and I'm excited to kind of delve into her story and experiences and what that means from a patient's perspective, but also from a clinician's perspective. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Lynn, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi. So I'm a a retired from a federal employee from NASA. I've been retired about six years now and uh, married. I have kids and grandkids and I've been pretty active um, in the city, uh, doing things and volunteering and that sort of stuff. Um, I have an Etsy shop that I keep busy with or did about a year ago. I wasn't feeling well. I had some pain in my, um, legs 
and I had gone to the emergency room, and uh, they really didn't know what it was. They took cultures and and um, sent me home, basically. Um, a day or two later, I went back to the emergency room, and right away they did a spinal tap and diagnosed me with Guillain-Barre syndrome. Um, we were devastated. We had no idea what it was. Most people don't. Basically, it your immune system attacks your nerves, so it damages your nerves. And um, I was paralyzed from my neck down within a week and uh, put on a vent and a trach. And um, here I am uh, 15 months later, and um, I'm doing well. I've uh, recuperated mostly, probably 85%. And um, Kristen was a very big part in my recovery, both physically and mentally. She um, she was a godsend, yeah, um, in helping me get through it. Love that. All right, amazing. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to get into this. All right. So where should where should we start? You know, based on just meeting with Lynn outside after after she was discharged from the multiple facilities that she was in, we, we kind of discovered that you know, my approach to her care was, was very holistic. And I add a W in that as a W H O L holistic, um, because I didn't walk into her room, um, just as the speech language pathologist and I'm not just anything, but I came in trying to guide her and her husband and her daughter. And she had a really good friend that would come and visit just providing everything that they needed to make this day the most beneficial to her. Um, and that's really the kind of therapist that I've always been. So I wanted to make a, it a holistic and provide all available avenues. So, you know, we're pretty big interdisciplinary team approach um, in, in hospital settings. Um, but but I was probably the, the mean girl that was tackling people in the hallway going, when are you getting Lynn out of bed? <laughs> <laughs> You know, I need, I need Lynn moving. I need her up out of bed to make some of these things move forward. Um, and so I, you know, I, I'm a huge interdisciplinary, um, person. I, I like to use traditional intervention methods. So yes, Lynn and I did, you know, speech and language therapy and we did EMST and we worked on our swallowing, but I also wanted to work on like the inner person. So Lynn and I spent a lot of times, even though it was for passing your training, we spent a lot of those sessions just talking to each other, providing an ear for, you know, Lynn laying in a bed and can't move all, all that work was that mind. Right. Lynn. Exactly. (laughs) So we had, this is how we became really, you know, good friends and not, you know, patient clinician relationship was just um, being able to provide a venue where that thing that isn't really clinically being treated, but needs to be addressed so that those clinical improvements can be achieved. So I don't know if Lynn, you want to kind of explain how that approach with you early on in those days, you know, how you felt about those things. Well, of course, the more people that you have around you and providing information helps with the patient. Um, tremendously. And um, of course, you were a huge, huge part of that. You know, just having people there to um, encourage you, um, positive thoughts and and um, adapting. I remember that um, 
you tried to adapt a lot of things for me. Um, you know, the way, the way that I could eat better, the way that I could speak better, the way that I could, uh, you know, the, you had a tube that you improvised with a couple different things and uh, made it work for me. And just that, you know, people that, you know, they're there to support you, it just, it just, it makes a huge difference. I mean, the whole thing, it, being in a patient in a hospital like that, it, you know, it's probably 70% emotional rather than physical to get better, to, to improve. That's, you know, that, that was what was really important to me. And that's what, from this point forward, I'd like to try and be an advocate and help the patient to, to um, get through it as I did. I think that's, that's such an interesting point, Lynn. I've been thinking about that so, so much lately. I was, um, I was working in the ICU, gosh, a few weeks ago. And there was a woman, like just the sweetest woman. And she had, I, I can't remember, same thing. Some really funky virus had just showed up out of nowhere. And it, and it's it's not, it was usually something that's pretty mild, but this woman had a super, super severe case of it. So she was in the ICU just being pumped with tons and tons of of different antibiotics and IV fluids and all the things. And I was there out on the weekend. I was there on Saturday and Sunday. And Saturday, one of the, the ICU doctors that came in told her, you know, you're doing great. You're getting better. Like we're on the right path. Like everything's improving. You know, I'm really happy. I'm pleased with your progress. You know, all, all the nice feel good things that make you happy to hear from a doctor. And on Sunday, the guy that was on the shift on Sunday came in and said, but you still need to do this. You still need to do that. We still need to get you here. You know, we're still working on this. This still isn't good. And he left and she just said, you were here when the doctor was here yesterday, weren't weren't you? And I said, yeah. And she was like, were those just two totally different conversations? And I said, I was literally thinking the same exact thing. And it's just an interesting mindset in like, the power of medical professionals in in the way that they can deliver information in a very positive way or a very negative way. Right. And I ended up spending like another half an hour with her to sort of just, she was so sad and discouraged after hearing what Dr. Right. Number two had said that, you know, was not that much different than Dr. Number one, but just a whole different negative spin. And I, I felt so bad for her. And I've really been thinking about this a lot lately. Like, not that we have to sugarcoat things, but there's a way to deliver information that can really sure. make or break a patient's psyche and, and whole mentality for the day. Right. And to, to go with that, the short-term goals, I think, is, is the key. Yeah. Rather than, you know, what you just said, you know, we got to do this, we got to do this, we got to get to this point. But, you know, if you just, if they would it as, let's just try and get, get you off the vent. You know, and then we'll go from there. You know, I think that would help tremendously. Yeah. I know you and I spend a lot of time talking about those things. Like, here's the little baby steps to get to this big picture. And I think I also told you I'm never going to sugarcoat anything for you. I'm always going to be honest and I'm going to tell you that this is going to be a tough road. But I then allowed you to ask the questions that you needed to ask. Um and, and I think it's, it's difficult and I'm going to let you speak to this because I'm not the patient, but I think it's difficult as the patient to visualize the progress that you're making because you're living it. Me, yes. I get to come in and out of the room and it might be 24 hours before I see you. I saw you every day, 
but those 24 hours showed like tremendous differences from the day before that you don't get to envision. And so I bombarded you with all of those things. But yesterday (laughs) that I wasn't closing, but today you're winking at me type thing. So um, just being able to build that reservoir of your knowledge of, oh yeah, you're right. I wasn't doing that yesterday. And now this is something new. And it might be a little tiny, little baby pinky thing, but right. it built on your confidence on how, how you were moving forward. Right. And I'm still needing that, that because I don't see myself progressing myself but I have to be constantly reminded by my family members that I am and and how I was yesterday or two days ago or whatever and how I am now. So it, it, it is good to be reminded because as the patient, you know, we want to see huge steps, you know, that make a difference. And um, it does take the baby steps. I um, saw a different perspective this morning when I visited um, one of your patients and um, what what she was going through, uh, it just, it was everything that I was going through. And to see it from this side of the bed, it was, it was a lot, lot different. And I have respect <laughs> for, for being the caregiver of what that person's going through. I also called my husband as soon as I had that visit. And I told him, I said, Boy, I have a lot of respect for what you went through because I witnessed it myself with um, her spouse. And um, so, yeah, it's um, enlightening to um, to go through all those different perspectives, you know, and and it gives me um, a lot of respect to 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 uh, be aware of those things. Yeah, you know? I don't know how long after you discharged from our services that we hooked up, but Lynn tracked me down on, um, was it Indeed or something? Facebook somewhere. LinkedIn. Yes. So she hunted me down and sent me a message and just a really lovely message. I don't know if you remember me and I'm like, of course I remember you (laughs) Um, and wanted to hook up. So we arranged um, a visit um, at work. She came and we sat down and um, just kind of reminisced a little bit, a little emotional, you know, first visit after, you know, seeing each other. Of course, she walks in, which, you know, I'm (laughs) screaming, you know, (laughs) my God, this is so great. Big old huge hug. Um, But Lynn expressed that she wanted to share her story and forgive me if I'm putting words in your mouth, but um, she wanted to share her story as part of her healing process. And she wanted to know if I had had additional Guillain-Barre patients um, since her. And I said I had had one, um, but currently didn't have any. And she asked if I would call her the next time I had a Guillain-Barre patient because she wanted to come in to support that patient. So I happened to get a Guillain-Barre patient recently and asked the patient's permission if she would like to 
speak to another patient who had gone through the exact same thing that she's going through. And she immediately was like, yes, absolutely. So I asked her husband's permission as well. Um, and so I think Lynn has visited her a couple of times and one time was this morning. And I can tell you the huge difference it has made for this new patient, having Lynn be there and um, validate some of the same I'll call them dark feelings um, that have been expressed. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I, I think that part of Lynn's service and her heart um, is, is tremendous. Thank you. Yeah. No, you did that right. Uh I love that that so much. Kristen, this makes, uh, I mean, this just warms my heart so much because they're, one of the things, the reason I'm so passionate about this field. I mean, we help people communicate. We help people swallow again. I mean, two of the most biggest factors of quality of life. But I think on top of that, you know, you've proven that we can be so much more in a person's day. You know, I used to think of when I was younger, when I first started and I didn't know any better and I would just sort of sit and have very boring and vanilla conversations with patients. You know, what's your favorite color? What's your, you know, just because we didn't know any better at the time. And then it was sort of like, as I, as I realized, you know, I can ask more meaningful questions. Like I can really help this patient in a more meaningful way than just, you know, what's your name? What's your favorite color? You know what? And, and I think that really changed a lot for me. Like that gave what we do even that much more fulfillment and and purpose. And just, you know, that we can be more for this patient than just, just a therapist. And as you said, we're, we're never just an SLP, but you know, thank you so much for sharing your story, Lynn. And I, and I would really, I would love to hear, you know, what, what do you want professionals to know about your experience? Hmm. Well, I want them to know that we may not be able to move, you know, but we're still there in the mind. And, um, a lot of them just, just didn't realize that they, um, a lot of the staff would come in and just do their thing. And, just ignore me pretty much because I wasn't able to speak. I wasn't able to move and um, I'm in the room, you know, so um, I guess I need to be recognized. One of the things that that Kristen did that, that I loved about her, (laughs) the doctors would just, the health staff, the doctors would just come in. And one particular time, this doctor just came in, did her thing and um, got in my face and just walked back out. And I explained it to Kristen and the next day she came in and she put a sign on my door asking the staff, if you come in, please announce yourself and explain why you're there. And um, it made a huge difference because every staff walked in, looked at that sign and said, oh, this is what we need to do. So it really helped. And it really helped, you know, it really helped me as, as a patient and as this, as far as health care people, just then you need to listen, you know, to the patient and try and put yourself in, in uh, you know, their way. It's those easy, simple things that get overlooked. You know, I think people get stuck looking at the big picture and forgetting that it's the simple, hi, my name is Kristen and I'm here to do X, Y, Z. Hi, my name is Dr. So-and-so and I'm your, this doctor, I'm your pulmonary doctor. I'm your, you know, that type of thing. Otherwise they're just faces in the room that come in and manhandle you for whatever you need to have done. Um, and they treat you as a body and not as a person. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 
I think that it's terrible to say, but I think it's so easy to forget. You know, it's like we get, you know, look and say, oh, we have 20 patients to see in, you know, six hours today. How am I going to do this? And you just go from room to room to room. And, you know, then sometimes you stop and think like, okay, no, you know, I, I do need to sit down and get to know this patient too. And we sort of swing the pendulum the other way and think we have to spend so much time with a patient. But I think just remembering these simple, respectful things that show so much dignity to these patients, just like you said, you know, even if I am here to just take one vital or look at one number, you know, even just say, hey, Lynn, I'm Teresa, I'm an SLP, I just need to grab this number, and then I'll be out of your way, you know, and right, we forget that we just, you know, we get into our, you know, we have heavy workloads and caseloads and high productivity numbers to me. And and it's, it's something that we, you know, I'll admit, I lose sight of. And so thank you for for that reminder. So Sure. Any big takeaways for you, Kristen? Well, I I piggyback on what you say that yes, I have lost sight of that. I yeah. I like to think that I provide the same type of interaction for all of my patients, but yes, I think we do end up going to work with our blinders on sometimes. Like here I am, here's my list. Yep. Do 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 type thing. Check check check. Bye type thing. Um, and we forget that I think I wrote this uh, when we were communicating. Where did I write it down? Something about, um, oh, that my my scheduled work day is just an, an ordinary. I clock in and clock out every day. But we forget a lot that the person I'm going in to see, this is a life changing experience for them. It's an ordinary day to me but it's a life-changing experience for the person that's that's in the bed or sitting in the chair in that room. Right. Excellent point. That's the perspective that we need to change is we need to address our patients in a way that brings that experience to perhaps this experience, the stuff that, that Lynn is now remembering and wanting to share and advocate for, um, because I think that gets lost in all of the muck of the day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that that's what I'm hoping for, you know, with being the advocate is to go in and talk to the patient, calm them down, give them positive thoughts, give them uh, hope and let them know that there's going to be a good outcome, most likely, you know, and it's so it's not as far as GBS is concerned, it's not life threatening and it would take a long time. But that not just letting them get through it and tell them, let them know that someone that has been through the experiences is standing in front of them. I wish I had that when I was a patient. So that's what I'm hoping to try and do. Yeah. I only had anecdotal stories, but I do agree with you, Lynn, that I think that one-on-one contact with someone who had the exact same experience um, is so helpful. Do you guys have a formal program for that, Kristen, or is this just something that Lynn wanted to do? No. Yeah. I just, just I have so many amazing. ideas now of just, you know, how amazing would this be? Because I think there's so many patients in your shoes, Lynn, that would love to just be able to to give back and just, you know, provide right. reassurance and positivity to people that are in some of their worst days that, right. you know, it's, it's going to be a long road, but you're going to get better. And just, you know, I think of just traumatic events that I've gone through and just having someone to to be there and tell you it's okay and let you cry and let you be angry. But, you know, yeah, right. I think 
I think there's a lot of power in that. And again, it, you know, it just goes back to really that, that positive mindset shift that I think in healthcare right now, we do a really terrible job. of. <laughs> so. True. I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, the current stage that we're in or, or were in. Uh, yep. When I was in the um, hospital at that time, it was during COVID, heavily yep. COVID. And, um, you know, everybody were was wearing masks, which is the least impersonal way yep. that you can meet people. Yep. So um, that was rough going through that. And, and people probably didn't want to get close to people either you know, during that time. But I think now, you know, maybe we're starting to get out of that. Um, maybe the staffing might be a little better. So maybe we'll be able to get through that and, and change things. Yeah. Yeah. I had forgotten all about the COVID thing until Lynn had come to visit and we were no longer in the mask mandate anymore. And she walked in and she was like, that's what your face looks like. Yeah, <laughs> Because all she it's saw were, were eyes. That was it. Um, and I, that experience all throughout COVID, I can't imagine that on top of, you know, dealing with a, a Guillain-Barre recovery as well. We did some fun things though, Lynn, we had your puppies come visit. We sure did. (laughs) Yes, we sure did. That was a good point. Good time. One of the, one of the positive things that happened. Yes. All right. Any any final thoughts from you guys? I, I love this conversation. I think there's a lot of great takeaways. And you know, Lynn, I just love your your spirit of just wanting to pass it on and just and share what you've learned and share with SLPs and share with other patients. And so thank you for that. I think that's really the only way we grow and learn is by our own lived experiences and sharing those with others. And yeah, so so thank you for that. I I, I feel like something as ugly as this is, something positive has to come out of it. Yeah. And I feel that's, that was what it was meant to be. Yeah. I love that, Lynn. I love that so much. Yeah. I just think, you know, healthcare is such a two-way street. We learn from our patients every day and our patients learn from us. And I think the minute we stop learning about, you know, how our patients' lives change, you know, that's, that's, that's what our whole job is. You know, I think we get bogged down by the actual knowledge that we have to know, but there's just, there's a whole human element to this that, we can't lose sight of. And I think there was great positive things that COVID brought in that aspect. And there was horrible things that, that COVID brought about. So I'm grateful for you for bringing the positive spin to this. Thank you. Yeah. Any final thoughts, Kristen? No, I'm just thankful that, that Lynn is my friend now. Um, and we will stay in and touch, um, probably for perpetuity. (laughs) Our ordinary meeting has become extraordinary. So I love that. Yeah. Love that so much. All right. Well, thank you to the both of you so much for coming on and sharing thank your you. stories. And yeah, thanks so much. All right. Thank you. And that's a wrap for this episode. As always, thank you so much for listening. And if you'd like to download the show notes from this episode, please visit swallowyourpridepodcast.com. There you can also sign up for our email list so that you'll never miss another episode. If you do like what you hear, then please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or share it on social media with your friends and colleagues because that is what keeps these episodes coming. If you'd like to be a guest, share feedback, or request a topic to be discussed on the show, please email podcast at TeresaRichard.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next week.